What is up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Dense Pixels Podcast. Back this week, look, we were all very busy uh, last week. Unfortunately, we we were out living our lives. Um, I was, you know, neck deep uh, in the tales oldest time of the story of the the classic tale of the Japanese uh, high school boy who accidentally stumbles into a metaphysical uh, alternate dimension, and you know that's how that goes. I've been playing so much Persona Five. Holy shit. I bought it on Steam Deck. So, like, my favorite and simultaneously least favorite feature of Steam is that not only does it tell you, like, your total playtime in the game, but it also gives you, like, here's what you've done in the last two weeks. I've played, like, 40 hours of Persona 5 in the last two weeks. It's a lot of Persona 5. <laughs> so good, though. So good. I made, it, I made it past, well past where I did, where I left off on the Super Nintendo version. Or Super Nintendo. On the, on the PlayStation Shouldn't Megami Tensei if? <laughs> that, that would be the super nintendo version yeah uh, but uh no it's been cool like i said i've been been enjoying how the how the characters have uh had their stories have developed and uh the the music just continues just laying out banger after banger which is also quite insane like it's it's unfair that the soundtrack is relentless does not let up in this game so no very good makoto yeah. is bay that's that's what I discovered as well. <laughs> I'm I'm Good. I'm glad I'm glad Good. you came around to Makoto. I like Makoto a lot. Um, yeah, I love Makoto. I love her. She's not she's not my waifu, but um. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I I told Carrie I've never one eighty harder on a, on a character in such a short <laughs> amount of time because I'm just like what a bitch to be like I would die for her. Like honestly, yeah. I would. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, but yeah, it's been a good time. Makoto's super cool. Uh, the fact that she's uh, like her uh, affinity, her elemental affinity is really cool. Very powerful. Um, uh-huh. But uh, I, I am forever a simp for Kawakami. <laughs> so. <laughs> So, but that and and me and Carrie, like we've almost done like a trading places because here I am playing the the anime themed uh, JRPG, and Carrie finally has played uh, what a game that Mike and I have been begging her to play for yeah. literally the last two years. A lot of people have been begging me to play this game for literally the last two years, and everyone was fucking right, and I'm a big stupid idiot. Hades is really good, and. Uh, <laughs> I'm dumb and wrong and everyone else is smart and right. What else is new? Um, I feel like this was like a combo of things that like finally got me to play it. Where like one, the orchestra did a Hades song this season. We performed in the blood. So I've been listening to a lot of Hades music for like the last six months Two, um, I mean, we'll touch on it more in a minute. They announced the sequel. So like everyone's yapping about Hades again. Um, and three, basically enough people finally got on my case for like playing the music and being into the music, but not having played the game. Like enough people who I see in person every single week were like, why haven't you played Hades yet? <laughs> that like it finally wore me down. And also it was on sale for 50% off. So I only paid like 12 bucks for it. So I was like, cool like fuck it i'm in um and i got my first two clears today so um i uh i i understand now (laughs) everybody was right um all the characters are hot and yo thanatos is like yo he gay gay like (laughs) he rolls up and he's just like i can't believe you left without telling me you were leaving and i'm like 
this is called codependency and this is not healthy than <laughs> now all the characters are great i'm like i'm super in um uh, the builds that i managed to get my first two clears on were very much based around uh demeter's uh laser beam crystals um because man those can do a lot of damage if you power them up right so and I'm sure I will be right back in as soon as we are done recording this podcast. Like I so. said, wait, wait until you start uh, tweaking things up with the uh, with the pact. Uh, now that you've unlocked that and can start mm-hmm. uh, can start digging around there, so it's cool. Who is who is your Hades Bay, Carrie? By the way, oh man, like overall, like who would I want to jump like at large? Because yeah. I know there's only the three. Um, is like there actual? I thought there. I thought there was more than three. No, there's there's only the three. Um, like actual romance options in mm-hmm. that game, and it's Thanatos, Megara, and Dusa. Mm-hmm. And as far as I'm concerned, uh, Thanatos, Megara, and Zagreus are just a thruple anyway. <laughs> so I I don't feel. Like I have to choose the bisexuals continue to win and <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> At large though, like God, all the Olympians are just super hot. Like <laughs> Dionysus can fucking get it, man. Like <laughs> real, real himbo energy from him though. Yo, he's the game. biggest himbo on earth and I love him. <laughs> No, very yeah. cool. I, I need to I need to revisit Hades because now now that I have it on 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 PC, I can uh, I can import my Switch save, which is great because when I got on PlayStation, I was like, I don't feel like starting from the beginning again. Let me just uh, let me just uh, play it on the on the on the Steam Deck because it'll be nice and pretty and run very smoothly. Unlike on the Switch, where it's merely okay, so eh, well, that doesn't yeah, merely fine. Um, you alluded to the Game Awards. Um, sure that did. that was last week. Uh, I got to tell you. Um, I don't know why I watched the fucking thing because I certainly didn't care about any of the awards and they were literally posting the trailers on YouTube as at the same time that they were posting them, uh, <laughs> airing them on the show. So like, uh, But here's the thing about the Game Awards is that if you didn't watch the Game Awards, you wouldn't have been subjected to 10 minutes of Christopher Judge's acceptance <laughs> true. speech. Yo, he true. talks forever and you could tell that Jeff Keighley was so mad about it for like the rest of the night because he kept making references to like speeches being too long and not having enough time to do stuff. It's like, bro, you could have started playing him off after the first two minutes and you let him continue to talk. (laughs) He just went on tangent after tangent. And I'm like, they did try to play him off and it didn't, it didn't matter. Eventually, but after like, they didn't start that music until literally after 10 minutes. And meanwhile, Al Pacino was like still on stage. Which was bizarre, by the way. Like, what, yeah, a, weird, what yeah. a weird way to open that show. He's like, he's like, he's like, in presenting our first award, Al Pacino. I'm like, Al Pacino. Like, what yeah, the I'm fuck like, does yeah. he have to do with video games? Yeah, as soon as Al Pacino, as soon as Al Pacino, as soon as Al Pacino came out and said, "Well, <laughs> never thought I'd be doing this." Yeah. Like, All right, well, I'm turning this off because yeah. he don't want to be here, and I don't want to see Al Pacino. Uh, I don't want to see Al Pacino pay off a bet that he lost. <laughs> Very strange. Oh my gosh! Yeah, uh, it was it was it was bizarre. Um, but yeah, I was all about the announcements. You know, I, I don't even I don't care to talk about the winners. Like, I feel like all the right awards won basically, yeah. or of the ones that we care about. Like, there was no controversial 
uh, winners that I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe Game X won for this that, or the other thing. Like, no, they all won. Like, God of War cleaned up on all the ancillary awards. And then Elden Ring won mm-hmm. Best Direction and won. Best uh, and End Game of the Year. Yep. That, that feels right. Unsurprising. That feels yeah. right. Um, they announced a lot of things. Um, they announced the, the release date for Street Fighter VI. Um, they showed off some new characters, including uh, Marissa, who is at the top of the trailer here, who looks like Magneto, basically. Like, she, her hair is just cut like a Magneto helmet, basically. It's true. It sort of is, yeah. Yeah. Um, but also, like, a lot of people were immediately like, yo, I would snoo snoo. Like- Fucking <laughs> <laughs> big woman, man. Yeah. There's apparently a uh, 2v2 mode in the game as well, which is going to be pretty interesting. Um the Hades 2 announcement that Harry that Carrie alluded to. Um, I was shocked that this was like I saw Super Giant. I'm like, ooh, can't wait to see what's Ooh, next. Nice. And then they're like Hades 2, and I'm like, I'm excited to play more Hades, but I'm also disappointed that it's just more Hades. Like, I want to see what the next big thing is from them. You know what I mean? Like they've never done a sequel before this. Right. I mean, I feel like of all of their titles, I'm not surprised that Hades would be the one to get the sequel, given that Hades is by far their most mainstream success. Like, honestly, a big part of the reason why I had not played Hades for a long time, uh, beyond the fact that I don't typically enjoy roguelikes, um, is I had played Supergiant's earlier games and they never really clicked for mm-hmm. me. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people probably feel the same way. So, Supergiant at the end of the day is still a company that wants to pay the bills. So <laughs> why would they not make a sequel to the game that won every single award in 2020 and, you know, keep that keep that cash cow going a little yeah. bit further. Uh that all that being said, I'm sure it'll be a great game. Oh yeah. No, but no, no like I'm I'm not surprised that they would have done a full sequel. Um I guess like once I figured out I was like, "Oh, this is Hades." My immediate thought was that it was going to be like an expansion or DLC mm-hmm. or something like that. And then they were like, nope, it's Hades 2. It's a whole additional game. So, I mean, good for them. Um, you play as, I guess, Zag's sister. Um, so I'm curious as to how they're going to interpret more Greek mythology with this round of Hades. So. Um, they announced that uh, Kent Levine's new studio is making a new game. Um, it's called Judas, and it very much looks like Bioshock in space, but not System Shock. That That is how I would describe what we saw um, from this trailer. That's probably still a very long way away. Oh, yeah. Um, there's a new Bayonetta Origins game coming out, which looks and seems to play nothing like the previous games in the series. It's coming out it's on the Switch. Very storybook ish very mm-hmm. sort of watercolor style cell shaded graphics um i mean hey it's coming out in march so i have to imagine that this has been in the works for a minute um yep. um the new game from the maker of celeste is coming out um which looks to be more of a uh traditional like platform action adventure game more than the platform puzzler that celeste was um they showed gameplay for tech at eight um, I saw a comparison of martial law from earlier Tekken games to his character model in this one, and he needs to lay off the roids quite a bit. He's a little, yeah. little jacked up. Law, <laughs> <laughs> you're 50, bro. Very, tri- like, tri- ain't, very yeah. triple H, triple H levels of, uh, of growth for, for <laughs> martial law. Um, they showed the release date for Diablo four. Uh, June is going to end me 
I've discovered because Street Fighter, Diablo, and Final Fantasy 16 all come out within like two weeks of each other, which is uh, and all of that's coming out within like presumably four to six weeks of uh, our, what we're assuming is the release date for Tears of the Kingdom because they said that's coming yes, out. Yes, that that too. Shit, so. this, this spring is going to be so so fucked up. Um, there's a crash uh, like fighting game coming Moba? out. Yeah, that's what that's what they're calling it. Um, yeah, fine. Um, Idris Elba is going to be in Cyberpunk DLC, which is uh, which is uh, uh, coming out of Neat. left field. Yeah, neato, I guess. Um, again, we saw the release date for Final Fantasy uh, 16, um, which is again is mid June. So trailer look cool. Can't wait for that. And then the two biggest announcements, uh, the first of which uh, there's a new Armored Core game uh, coming out from From Software. More I than need a someone. Decade. Like I said, the last one. I, I need someone to tell me why I need to be excited about Armor Core because I've seen these games from afar and I've never like understood like why do people like the Armored Core series? Uh, big Robot Go Burr. Is that really all it is? <laughs> That's all I can figure out. I haven't really played these games. Mike, so. have you played an Armored Core game? No, I'm not a uh, I'm not a big like giant robot person. Uh, I just don't. Uh, okay, I mean I. I, I guess I kind of just grew out of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're into it, you're into it. But um, like piloting on Metal Gear is not my is not my my idea of a good time. Gotcha. I feel I feel like this is like Frums saw like like I can't remember like what phenomenon this is similar to, but like this like Frums popular now, so like all their games are popular, and people are like, oh yeah, I've been banging for a new armor core game for years, even though it's probably like. 50,000 people that are just like dying for a new armored core and then nobody else cares, but people, but people are going to buy and play it because from's name is attached to it, which is fine. Like it's that, you know, all good. Um, and then Jeff Keeley had a verbal orgasm on stage announcing his best bro, uh, Hideo Kojima, who is revealing, uh, death stranding part two, uh, which is going to star all of the people, uh, that you would expect, um, it was literally like Hideo Kojima went, here's a baby. And everyone was like, yes, a baby. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I didn't play Death Stranding. It seems very much just full of Kojima style bullshit, which I am not the biggest fan of. So I, if you're excited about it, good for you. Not for me. So, yeah, man, I just, um, I can't, I can't get into it. I, I, there's, there's something about the uncanny valleyness of, of these particular games too. Mm-hmm. That's just kind of odd to me. Like, yeah, they look good, but like they don't. And I don't know, man. I feel like, I feel like, like there are games that I'm not into, but like I grasp the concept of them. Oh, I don't even. I don't, I don't even I don't understand what the fuck the is going on this. here, man. Like, I, I really don't. Like, the world is at a like a mailman is the only one that can save the world, bring the world, connect the world together, and he's got to walk on across the world on foot and a, he has a, a, mail, a mailman who's the son of the president. What? Yes. All right. All right. And he and he has right. to do and he has to do busy work for holograms of Jeff Keighley and Conan O'Brien and things of that nature. And, and, and isn't liter- Conan O'Brien dressed as an otter for some reason? I don't know. And he's got to like build ladders. 
I'm I'm sure that there are big fans of Death Stranding. I know that when the director's cut came out, um, that game got a second life, and a lot of people who really did not like it the first time through um, gave it another shot and said that the improvements that were made in the director's cut were made the game like really enjoyable. Actually, I am just not there to play it. I'm really not like it doesn't have the hook. It, it doesn't have that initial hook to get me in. We've talked about it a lot on the show about how Death Stranding just never really piques our interest. Um, it's it's weird. In the ways that like, like it's too weird, like the thing, like Metal Gear is weird, but it's, it has at least one foot in reality or yeah, like, that, like based in reality. There's and there's still like, some <laughs> kind of grounding to the Metal Gear series and how bonkers that story is. But like every time I look at the synopsis of Death Stranding, I'm like, I don't understand what is going on. Like. Yeah. I mean, Metal Gear might as well be a documentary compared to this, man. Like, I, I just don't, I, I don't know, man. People said, and look, a couple people have said, hey, you know, this is good. I am never going to try this game. I'm never going to try it. It's PlayStation, Play, I, I don't care. I'm never going to try this game. Um, I'm just going to, I'm, I am blissfully ignorant. Yeah. Uh, well, and that's the thing. Yeah. My, my deck will never be clear enough to ever make time for this even even if i did have it for free like 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 there'll always be something else i'd rather play um yeah or replay yeah so yeah nothing nothing doing for the second one for me either um but yeah those were those were the big announcements um they did also show that like kevin conroy is going to be the voice of batman in the new suicide squad game it's the last performance that will ever be of him and batman so that was a sweet little is, was that confirmed? Yes. I f- okay. I I figured he would have had more stuff sort of in the. He thing. was he was trying to get away from the character a little bit more and let other people kind of kind of you know That's take fair. their turn at it sort of. But yeah. they people kept wanting to get him back, so they kept throwing money at him. Yeah. <laughs> so what are you gonna do? Not surprised. But yeah, that was the game wards in a nutshell. Um, I did find it sort of funny that um the Diablo news came out like literally six hours after a big Washington Post yeah, report came out bummer, that, bummer that basically the, uh... <laughs> said like they had, they had talked to like a dozen current members of the Diablo four dev team. And literally all of them were like, uh, there's no way this game's going to be done and ready and good by this June date that they expect us to be able to hit at this point. Yeah. Like, it's not going to happen. We're going to be crunched to hell and the game's probably going to suffer for it. And I'm like, cool good luck thanks activision like you guys are doing great like you guys learned nothing good nothing has been learned at all so i was i i was i so i did i read the story i was a little bit only a slight bit sympathetic in the fact that most of the quotes were given to people that were former employees of the studio and hadn't been there in a little bit so like i don't know if they have an accurate ground view of things but then again like they still talk to people i'm sure in the studio. Right. So like, I'm, you know, maybe it's not that far off. Very unfortunate. Um, yeah. Kind of, kind of put a kind of, kind of hung over um, all the Diablo four stuff that they showed uh, just a little bit um, with all the excitement around the, around the announcement of the release date. Look, if I want to play a high fantasy game next year, I will be playing uh, Baldur's Gate three. Thank you. <laughs> finally, finally comes out of early access next year. So. So there you go. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, no game awards. Uh, I could care less about the awards. Just really, it could just be Jeff Kelly, Jeff Keighley's trailer bonanza, winner trailer bonanza, and I'd be totally yeah. fine with it. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, look, I, I mean, we all, we all respect Jeff Keighley, if not, you know, like him, but, uh, I guess uh, he, he seems like he, he seems earnest. Right. And he, and he kind of built this from, from relatively nothing. All right. Like I get it. And he's trying to make, he's trying to make this, the Academy Awards of video games. I get it. I respect it. If he's trying to make it the Academy Awards of video games, can he stop wearing shit like an awful looking velvet suit with sneakers <laughs> on stage? And can <laughs> that bullshit That's literally that's literally oh his brand. God. Yeah, like, Carrie Carrie was very upset the about show. the about the sartorial choices <gasps> of everyone God. there. It was just like so many bad choices across the board because it's a bunch of dudes who all look like they're coming from work and going to their son's soccer game and like haven't figured out how to like dress down a little bit so it's just like dudes wearing ill-fitting suits on top of graphic t-shirts and i'm like please, <laughs> please we call we call stop. that we call that we call that the phil spencer that's right that's that's <laughs> phil spencer's work uniform <laughs> God, at least his at least his sport coat usually fits him right. Uh, yeah, poor, poor dog Bowser. Like, did he lose weight recently? Because he was swimming in that suit jacket that he had was. on stage there. Uh, Good lord, yeah. get a tailor, yes. my man. You can afford it. You're the executive of one of the biggest video game companies in the world. <laughs> a lot of these people can afford tailors and choose not to. But me, but meanwhile, Joseph Harris was like the last presenter, and that dude was looking he fit as great. hell. Yeah. Just basic, you know, open open dress shirt, plain plain gray suit. Look looked dapper as shit. Just yeah. didn't fit. That's all. That's him, that's him all you and Kojima do. were like the only people who showed up looking decently dressed. Everyone yeah. else looked like a schlub. Oh, and then and then, then there's the the info war troll kid that also uh, bombed. Oh yeah, that kid. Also like. Oh yeah, there was like so like they did the game of the year award and literally this like fucking 15-year-old walked up with the Elden Ring team. He cra- he Kramered, he 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 Kramered the the presentation basically. <laughs> and so like the Elden Ring team accepts their game of the game of the year award and then like this kid jumps on the mic, says some shit about Bill Clinton and then is escorted off the stage and then everyone was like, "What the fuck happened? <laughs> what was that?" And then of course like within the span of about two and a half minutes, the internet determined who this kid was and he's just a fucking right-wing troll. Um, I don't even so. know if he's a right wing troll. Like he's been on Infowars before, but I don't think he's actually like a right winger. I think he's just a a troll kid, basically that just goes in, into as many high profile things that he can find and just trolls the shit out of everybody. Certainly, uh, certainly highlights some sort of need for um, better screening at the Game Awards <laughs> as far as who is going to go up on stage. Right? Yeah. Right. Like, like I can like uh, I mean I hate to like. I hate to like stereotype, but you said Elden Ring won Game of the Year, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, a bunch of Asian people made that game, so I think, well, I, think I, I, I saw the kid. Up, I saw the kid up there, and I'm like, maybe he's someone's son. Like, I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I don't know, but I heard that kid got arrested. Uh, good, good. Get out of here. I know Jeff Keeley was probably fucking pissed. He doesn't seem like the type of guy that that. Uh, well, I, I mean, Jeff- after after the, after the soliloquy from Christopher Judge, I think he was at his wits end by, the, <laughs> by that point. So he was like, "I'm fucking throwing this kid in the slammer." Yeah, he seems 
he seems like he seems like uh like a like a, a Ned Grimes. Is that is that the character's first name? Ned uh, Frank Frank Grimes. Frank Frank Grimes. Frank Grimes. He seems very much like a Frank Grimes. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like he's just like ah, oh, hey, I'm a nice guy, I'm doing my work. But like when he snaps, he's gonna fucking snap and 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 grab some fucking electrical cords and and kill himself. Don't do that, Jeff Keeley. We 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 uh we need you to we need you to. Give us a bunch of trailers at the end of the year. Um, yeah. Real quick, before, before, before we move on, got gotta gotta shout out the Game Awards Orchestra that fucking killed it oh, once yeah. again. Especially Mr. Flute Guy, Mr. Pedro Eustache, who Man. is a fucking legend in the industry. By the way, like this guy, if you've heard a film score within the last decade, you have heard this guy. Uh, me and Kara yeah. were yelling at each other on Twitter because we happened to see him on TV at different times because I'm like, man, that bass flute player is fucking killed it. Carrie's like, he's playing a penny whistle. He did both. <laughs> he had both. Yeah. He, he actually, it's funny. So he had he had two different, um, basically Irish tin whistles, um, in different keys, and then he had a bass flute. Um, yeah, the dude's a, the dude's a fucking legend as far as like flutes and flute like substances are concerned. Uh, yeah, he was, he was, he was, he was going in like, like they, they cut back to him separate because like the director knew what he was doing. He's like, we got to get this guy on camera. Like this dude is fucking all about it. Yeah, the uh, the the level of musicianship in the the orchestra there. I mean, they're in L.A., so I'm sure they just pulled from like the Los Angeles Philharmonic or whatever. I mean, they've got all the best session musicians in the world right yeah. there. Um, so yeah, uh, Pedro Eustache is is flute guy, and uh, he's fucking great. Love him. Love 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 to see a guy who is at the absolute top of his craft in terms of musicianship, basically be lifted up by a bunch of nerds because he like nailed a solo from the Xenoblade 3 soundtrack, <laughs> uh, who is otherwise just like a sort of nameless, faceless musician. Um, but he went on the Game Awards and had a absolute blast. So good for him. I haven't seen it, but there's something... There's it's a striking visual to see a, a flautist like blocking mm. out. You know what I mean? Because well, it's, it's, it's one like thing. A, like it's one thing if it's like a jet, like a small jazz like ensemble that you had like like and a, and flute solos like going in like okay fine like I get it like in a, in a in an orchestra like you don't you don't see that. Every <laughs> What's <day>. so <laughs> funny about about this in particular is the fact that like in the Baltimore Gamer Symphony Orchestra, one of our flautists is just as animated as that guy in everything that she does. Like, um, it's just like, it's, it's very funny. She's also wickedly talented. Um, but like she, she's fully in it all the time. And so I was just like, yo, this dude is just like Cheryl turned up a few notches. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I said, Glor Gloria Stefan did not lie. Eventually the rhythm is going to get you. So, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Densepixels.com slash fans uh, is the link to our Discord. Uh, go there and uh, join. And um, and we will wave hello to you. And you can look at all the different channels that we have. And you can talk about a variety of topics, including the World Cup. Uh, I hear that's a big deal. Almost over, um, too. And it's, yeah, it's, it's been fucking, bon we're going to talk about it in the post office. It's been bonkers as far as the <laughs> results are gone. The, the, foot, the football's been pretty crap, but the results have been out of control. 
Um, we have a lot of different channels there. If you got a stream that you wanna you wanna advertise there, go ahead. Um, if you uh, have something that you would like us to uh, to talk about, there's the post office, and then we post a bunch of or everyone posts a bunch of uh, video game news uh, and just like fun stuff. So go to densepixels.com slash fans. Uh, go to youtube.com slash densepixels and subscribe. Hit the bell notification icon thing uh, and and hit the thumbs up and and look at our look at our faces. Look at our look at our wonderful faces. Look at me. I'm back. Uh, go to youtube.com slash densepixels just to look at me. You're welcome. Um Go uh, subscribe to all <laughs> of see, the. You, look, you, you looked very handsome when you said that to the camera too. <laughs> <laughs> Go to uh, subscribe to all of our podcasts wherever you get your podcasts, including Black on Black Cinema, The Nerd Apocalypse, Coming Distractions, and the weekly uh, preview episode of the Full Political Podcast. And then go to densepixels.com slash premium. Give us fifty dollars for a year or five dollars a month if you know you're feeling you're feeling generous and. Uh, Access the premium uh, podcast, including the back episodes of Airing of Grievances. Look, I committed Jay to doing three episodes tomorrow. He already has one in the can that he forgot to edit, and we did that. <laughs> we know no bullshit. We did that back in April. I'm about to so, say that 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 is a that is a very Jay uh, Jay move. Yep, yep. So we I've committed uh, him to do three episodes. He'll probably back out and be like, well, we already have one, so let's just do two. Um, <laughs> because he he hates work. Um, no Time to Bleed, The Men with the Golden Tongues, Upstage Conversation, and the full two-hour-ish episode of the Look Forward Political Podcast. And look, I know we don't uh, update the premium uh, shows as much as we should, but Look Forward gets updated virtually every week because That's there's right. always something interesting to talk about. Your $5 per month is worth it for the full two-hour episode of the Look Forward Political Podcast. I listen to it every week. Uh, it is great. It's not, you know, it's not, you know, your stuffy, you know, uh, boring political talk, right? Like, this, this is hosted by the thugs of news. <laughs> better put some respect on their name. <laughs> wow. That's, that's, our, that's, that's, our, that's, our, that's our official nickname. Is it? It is. Yeah. I don't listen to you. You guys, don't you don't so. you don't listen to it enough. I have to <laughs> listen to you two every week on this show. You think I'm gonna go out of my way to listen to more of your bullshit? Get out of your mind. Uh we we talked briefly last week about the uh, FTC's intention to challenge the Activision Blizzard merger with Microsoft. Um and they are. They have officially filed suit. Um basically saying that uh Microsoft has already proved uh that they are engaging in anti-competitive behavior uh with plans to keep Starfield and Redfall on, on Xbox consoles as Microsoft exclusives. So they so this bears some scrutiny. Um Again, I, I stand by what I said last week. I'm pretty sure uh, this is just to to squeeze out some extra concessions uh, from Microsoft so that the FTC can look tough um, going mm -hmm. after a big, uh, big acquisition. Um, this is just the fucking type of case that they want that's very public, very well known, uh, that they can flex their muscles a little bit and show that it's not the same old rubber stamped uh, FTC that we've been dealing with for the past several uh, several years. So uh, I, I think they're just going to look tough uh, in front of everybody and squeeze some concessions out, but I, I don't think it's going to affect the 
the status of the of the deal going through. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm of two minds of this, right? Like, I kind of want them to like, I kind of want them to to really take this seriously and not just kind of like, like you said, just going through the motions just to because just because yeah. it's an incredibly high profile company. Oh, to right? be clear, I do too. Like, like if this if this were any other company like that divorced from video games, I'd be like, fuck yeah, like get them FTC. Like, let's fucking go. Yeah, like, man. you know, it's like I, I don't I don't have a problem with corporations existing. I have a problem with one corporation existing, <laughs> right? Like, like I don't I don't want I don't like corporate consolidation, man. Like that's not cool. Um you know, at the same time, I you know, maybe it'll give me a reason to turn on my Xbox. So. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> it's very good. You know, that's why my wife is like, you know, what games are coming out next year? Looking forward to, and I, you know, I talked about the stuff in June and a few other ones I'm looking forward to. I was like, I was like, you know, you know, come March, I'll fire up my Xbox and renew my uh, games Game Pass and play some Starfield for at least a couple of weeks, if not longer, if I really get into it. So, great, great non-committal way to. Uh, to uh, experience these. Hey, by the way, if you got if you got Game Pass, Persona Five Royal right now available on Game Pass on on Xbox consoles. So no excuse there. Um, but if don't you, worry if you get started. If you get started now, you might be able to finish it before, before it comes the, off. Before it comes off Game Pass, <laughs> oh, right? <laughs> but uh, but never fear, guys, because Microsoft is aware of the perception that's in the air. They're they're aware that the it looks like that they're going to take all these very valuable gaming franchises and hoard them all to themselves. So in a in a firm and aggressive move to show everyone they're like guys like we are not hogging call of duty behind the xbox paywall we are gonna guarantee that call of duty games in the future will always be on nintendo platforms going forward and nintendo is like we're what were you talking were you talking to me <laughs> <laughs> like you're sure it wasn't like somebody else like like over there like you Okay, I guess. Like, yeah, I guess if you want, you know, Call of Duty to be on Switch, uh, sure, we'll come out with, you know, Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two Low Res Edition. Like, that's that's great. It'll be it'll be fun. Sure. <laughs> this this announcement was met with the correct amount of ridicule. Um, because who gives a shit? Right. <laughs> Call of Duty's yeah. on Nintendo consoles. <laughs> like, I'm looking at this, I'm looking at this tweet in this article. Uh. And this is and this is what this is why this is coming to the our acquisition will bring Call of Duty to more yeah. gamers and more <laughs> than ever before. That's good for competition and good for consumers. Thank you, at Nintendo. Any day that at Sony wants to sit down and talk, we'll be happy to hammer out a 10-year deal for PlayStation oh. as well. Fuck you, dude. <laughs> fuck you. What the fuck? Come on, man. I mean, like, it's literally them going, oh, look at us. We're playing. We're playing so nice with this other big company. So obviously this is a Sony problem. This isn't this isn't us. This is Sony not wanting to play nice because we can play nice with everyone else. Look at us playing nice with Nintendo. Cut that fucking tribalism bullshit out. Yo. Like, <laughs> fuck that, man. Doug, Doug that. Bowser. Doug Bowser probably heard this news and he called like the home office in in japan and he was like you'll never believe this like they're they're guaranteeing call of duty will come out of here and the ceo of nintendo was probably like what the fuck's a call of duty like, right exactly know. like what are you talking like, about uh we uh we don't eat cod here okay <laughs> get out of here 
This is Japan, baby. <laughs> we got will, the best seafood. <laughs> will a Switch edition of Call of Duty even sell 100,000 units? No. Well, maybe. I'm dying to see what it looks like. Uh, I'll, I'm going to say maybe simply because of the facts that, like, I'm sure for some people there's some degree of morbid curiosity about how it's going to play to begin with. And also, how many Switch consoles have sold? A lot. A <laughs> 114.3 million. So that means they only have to sell Call of Duty to less than 10% of the total amount of people who own a Switch. And I feel like they can probably pull that off. I have, a, uh, I have an article here from the last uh -huh. time that there was a Call of Duty game. Uh, a new Call of Duty game release on Nintendo console. Now, granted, oh, this, the Wii U, this is the it? Wii U, so you yeah, have to you have say. to bake that you have to bake that consideration in. <laughs> However, they put out like what World at War on the. No, it was Call of Duty Ghosts. Call of Duty Ghosts is oh, the last one. Okay. So, uh, according to in, in the first month of sales when Call of Duty Ghosts first came out uh, back in 2013, uh, the Wii U sales accounted for one third of one percent of all Call of Duty Ghost sales. Uh, across all platforms. Yeah, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Again, how many <laughs> Wii U oh, lifetime? Sales? Look, if we if we if we factor in the amount of switches compared to the amount of Wii U's, I will bump that one third of one percent up to a generous two percent. They will sell two percent of all Call of Duty games on on, on the Switch or yeah, whatever the, or the Switch only, accessories. Only ever sold thirteen point five million so correct yeah that's not that's, that's why i said i said i said you know factoring that in like i understand the way you very unpopular um but i feel like that the type of people who would buy call of duty on a nintendo switch probably owned we use that's 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 my rationale i disagree <laughs> i i feel like here's the other thing too right is like i'm sure you have a whole generation of families who own switches and may not have been able to secure or afford something like a PlayStation five or That's an true. Xbox series S and no, nothing, you nothing better have, to play for families than the M rated I mean, military. You, you, you know, you know what I'm going to say though, is like you're, you have a whole new generation of fucking 12 year old boys who all want to play call of duty, who do not have the latest and greatest console, but they do have a switch and they're fucking 45 year old mom is going to be like look little billy look what i got for you i got you the scheme that you've been asking for on the console that you have yeah but little little billy has a smartphone that he can play warzone on like he doesn't, doesn't need matter to play. <laughs> doesn't matter doesn't matter because you and i both know that there are a lot of middle-aged moms out there a lot of suburban white women out there who are going to go out and buy this for their kid thinking it's what they what they actually want and it's not this would be getting getting your kid Call of Duty on the Switch would be the equivalent of getting them Lee Trevino's putting challenge. Like that that's that's basically <laughs> the that's basically the caliber of game. I'm going. not disagreeing with you. I am, however, <laughs> saying that by nature of the fact that a fuck ton more people own Switches, you're going to have more people buying the game than you did the last one. I don't I don't think you're wrong about that. I just I but I, I can't imagine that many people are going to care about this. It is, as no. we said, it is just a ploy to regulators oh, to be like, yeah, 100% <laughs> a ploy to regulators. 
I think it's stupid as shit. I don't think Nintendo wants Call of Duty because clearly they have sold hand over fist their own hardware and their own software for the last six years now. They don't need Call right. of Duty <laughs> in order to make profits uh, to the stratosphere. Uh, I think the whole thing is very funny. But I would be curious to see what the sales numbers of Call of Duty end up being, because, again, I do think you have a new generation of stupid parents who are going to buy it for a new generation of stupid children. If if you even see it come out, because I don't think like I I, I'm sorry, I don't think I know that active that Microsoft is going to outsource the porting of this game to some fucking fly by night developer. And like maybe Nintendo would have to be in charge of it. I don't know. I don't know, but it's 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 going to be gross. Um, I don't, I don't, and honestly, I don't think we'll, I don't think we'll see it on this Switch either. Like, I think it's going to wait until whatever the next, whatever the next Nintendo console is going to be before Probably. we start seeing it on there. So, uh, Micah, you've been gone a while, so you've been playing, uh, you've been playing a little Ragnarok for a few weeks here. You've also been playing Midnight Suns, which I'm, I'm actually more curious to hear about. And the reason I am is because I got scared off by the reviews for this game because I heard everyone talk about how the combat's really fun. But like seventy percent of the game is talking to your homies at at the, at the home base. Well, I have a lot to say about Midnight Suns. Uh, I I so I'm gonna do Ragnarok first because Ragnarok is what it is. It's AAA mm-hmm. gaming at its at its most AAA, right? It's it's at its most like blockbuster. Um, the game has always the the first the 2018 God of War looked great. This one looks uh, better. Um, this uh, performances are, are still stellar, particularly from from one character who was a a, a side character, not mm-hmm. side character, but uh, a tertiary character. Um, I don't want to spoil anything, but that that actor is giving a tremendous performance uh, throughout that game. Um, the story is I, I enjoy the the story in the first one a little more. I think mm-hmm. it's a little more focused. I think it's a little more personal. Uh and I'm a father now, so it's like it hits a little different. Um, but it's fun. There are uh, a lot more options for combat, but some of those options feel like unnecessary. Like kind, I kind feel of like, like kind of like the weapons in the old God of War games, <laughs> like when they yeah. start to give you this shitload of stuff, and you're like, "But I'm yeah. only going to use the blades. And- I'm only going to use this, right?" <laughs> and they 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 do a good job of making you switch. Um, you know, certain enemies can only be defeated with certain weapons and stuff like that. So they make you do it. But uh, you know, I've got a I've got a weapon in the axe that's a short range weapon and a long range weapon. I have a weapon with the blades. That's a medium range weapon. I don't really need another weapon, but they give you another <laughs> weapon. So it's, um, but you know, the combat is fun. If you make it fun, mm-hmm. um, the performances are, are, are great. Uh, Odin is played by Richard Schiff, who <laughs> is at first I was like, what, what is this? But as the, uh, as the story progresses, uh, I dig, I dig what he's doing with Odin. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just, it's super fun, man. Like if, if I, I wouldn't recommend it to you two, mm-hmm. um, you know, you didn't Brad, you didn't, you couldn't get into the first one. No. So you're damn sure not going to get into this one. 
Uh, and Carrie, I don't think you would even entertain the thought of playing God of War. But it's it's fun. I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. Midnight Suns. Um, I I am playing Midnight Suns. I am having a very good time with Midnight Suns, but this game is this game got some problems. Uh, one uh, one of which I think was fixed right before we started uh, because a patch just got pushed out because mm-hmm. uh, the game has some issues where it is crashing, um, and that like like it, it, the way the game saves it auto saves, but it doesn't auto save as frequently as you think. Mm. So you can lose, you could lose. I, I lost about two hours today. Um, and that sucks. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Especially given the, the part of the game that I don't like, but I'm going to talk about <laughs> the, game that I, the part of the game that I do like. Um, the game is, I was apprehensive when I first saw it, right? Cards, cars, that's for nerds, right? Um, no, I'm having a good time like trying to build up a deck and, and for each of my characters and the way the game plays during combat. Well, there's the gameplay loop is you wake up in the morning, you talk to people, you do a mission, you play the mission, you come back at night. Apparently the mission takes all goddamn day. (laughs) Come back at night, you talk to people and then you go to sleep and then you go back and then that's the loop. Um, The missions are, pretty simple um you know defeat the enemies or protect this device um the combat is really good it's complex but it's not complicated uh you get a deck of you you draw uh you draw cards for your various characters you have three characters and like let's say you draw five cards uh each of those cards uh gives you um, a heroism point that you can use for to play different types of cards, um, and but those are incredibly limited, mm-hmm. uh, and you and you can only play three cards in a turn. Uh, now there are other things that you can do to uh, extend your turn. Um, certain cards have the ability to refund you to refund your card if you KO the enemy with that one move. Uh, certain characters like Dr. Strange have the ability to allow you to play uh, up to four cards in one turn. Um, and it's very, very, it's very, very, and you can redraw cards, but you can only redraw a certain amount of times. And sometimes like I've had to restart certain encounters and the encounters play entirely differently, right? Because they're, uh, uh, I, I redraw certain cards and, and, that weren't available the first time I tried it. And it's really good, man. It's really fun. I think you would really, really, really enjoy the combat in um, Midnight Suns. But mm. <laughs> it's a big old butt, man. The story and the daytime stuff, the, the morning stuff and the evening stuff and everything that's not combat is, is, is a bit of a, a slog. Like, there's there's only one analogy that I can that I can um, make for this, and it is it is as if the story was written by Ernest Klein. It might as well be God. Ready, it might as well be Ready Player One. God Marvel. damn it! <laughs> it That's the not, worst book ever written. <laughs> <laughs> it 
it's just a bunch of it's just a bunch of references and you play it's it's like insertion fantasy right like you create this character the hunter like that's the character's name the hunter right and um and what weren't like the characters in ready player one weren't they like gunters or some shit and so yeah you are the hunter like that's his name or the that's their name the hunter and you you your character is the only one that can solve all of these problems, right? Like Dr. Strange is coming to you for, to help him fix his problems, right? Ghost Rider is feeling sorry about himself and only you player can, can help <laughs> Ghost Rider. You got to go kiss Ghost Rider. That's right. Blade, Blade wants to sit down and talk uh, cinema with you. So you can. Have uh, to be no, the guy. Blade, Blade wants to fucking do a book club. Dude. <laughs> Blade wants to be in a book club, but he only wants to be in a book club because he's got a crush on Captain Marvel and he doesn't know how to talk to her. So he was like, oh, OK, well, let me just he y- y- you have to convince him to work up the nerve blade. <laughs> you have to convince Blade to work up the nerve to talk to a woman. And when he does, he's like, oh, OK, well, I like this book. Hey, what books do you like? And she's like, oh, I like books. And it's like, well, maybe we could sit down and talk about some books sometime. And Captain America comes and is like, I love books. And Captain Marvel's like, well, Blade's got a book club. And Blade is like, oh, no, oh, uh, this isn't what I wanted. But he starts a book club because he wants to get in with Captain Marvel. But Captain Cockblock comes in and he's like, and then, and then, mm, mm. And then you're in the book club. You are in the book club and Captain America, Captain Cockblock comes over and he's like, can I talk to you for a second? And he's like, you know, I get the feeling that Blade started a book club just to get close to me because he wants to be my friend. How do I tell him that it's okay for us to be friends? And it's like, what the fuck is going on, yo? (laughs) Like, we need, we need, we need to save the world, but we still have time to talk about our problems. <laughs> we, we still yeah, have like time persona. to. We, we still have no, time to. I, to I'm, have I'm, a, listen, I'm listening to this, and like, is Persona like anime melodrama? Yes. Am I still enjoying it despite that? Absolutely, because the characters are really well written and have really fun personalities. This sounds awful. Yeah, no, this sounds. <laughs> this is. This sounds like, like they're trying to like capture that thing about Persona um, and failing spectacularly. At yes. It. Yeah, man. Just because it's not, it's not. This is no like. This is there's no character that like. <clears throat> so so, Nico Minoru is trying to throw a a. a a surprise party for magic, but magic doesn't like surprises. And, and then they get into like, it's such, it's such, it feels like a YA novel written by a YA. Like it's so, (laughs) it's so vapid and empty. But, but you kind of need to do it though, don't you? Because like you, you do, you you need <laughs> to do it. Because if you don't do it, you won't be able to level to you. You go out on missions with certain characters, and at the end of the mission, you get you get something that will allow you to to draw brand new cards for your deck. But 
you can't take everyone on every mission at the same time. So you got to do other stuff in order to build up relationships, in order to power up your team, in order to, and look, it's not the worst thing in the world, right? It's not. Uh, but like when Ghost Rider and Spider-Man have shop class and then Tony Stark inserts himself into it because, and then he kind of takes over and Spider-Man and Ghost Rider get all upset that Iron Man's taking over their little club and then I got to fix their fucking problems. <laughs> no, nah, man. Like, it's just you, so- did, you didn't pull me out of a 500 year sleep to deal with petty bullshit, did you? You I sons like, of bitches. Like what the fuck is going on, dude? It's 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 wild. It's not the worst thing in the world. I like I. It's not to the point where I want to put it down mm-hmm. because like, I, but uh, yeah, yeah, man. I saw one review after I got there. I saw one review. He was like, "I recommend half of it." Yeah, that's that's it. I rec- <laughs> like, if you could just, if there was a way that you could just just play the game uh, without having to run around. Um, Salem, Massachusetts. Uh, then, and then, yeah, it, it would, it would be, it would be a ten out of ten. But as, but it's, it's worth checking out if you're like super into like Marvel stuff. Um, you could give it a shot. It, it's not a bad game. It really isn't. It's just so annoying. It's <laughs> so annoying. <laughs> That is very unfortunate to hear. Um, I don't know if I could put up with all the all the shit. I don't think you could. I don't think I really don't think you could. I really so so maybe so maybe if they come out with like the slim version of Midnight Suns where it's like just the card game and we'll boost your stats uh, the same way you would on like an average basis. Then I'm like, you know what? Let's fucking go. Let's do it. Yeah, man. Like because you can like it's so satisfying to like do combos and and um, it's so satisfying to like get eight, nine, 10 turns out of, out of, out of one turn. You know what I mean? Like See, it's, it's so- I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying hearing you talk about stuff like this. Cause now I feel like your heart is opening up to the wonderful world of card games. I mean, look, form. Kinda, I mean, look, it kind of is man. Like I, I, I wouldn't mind trying other things, uh, especially if I don't have to fucking adjudicate <laughs> The problems of fucking superheroes. <laughs> oh my Christ. goodness gracious! Um, well, hard hard pivot, Carrie. Um, you're gonna have to talk about this now. Now the headline, the headline is a bit misleading. I have to say, I learned more about the story once I read it. But I'll, I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you say the headline because the headline is very funny uh, to me. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, here's a sentence. Uh, Steph Curry is producing a Toe Jam and Earl movie for Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is a technically factually correct statement. Yeah, technically factually correct. Yes, so the best kind basically this is coming from uh Story Kitchen for Amazon Studios uh and basically Steph Curry is like, throwing some money at it in some capacity. Well, it's it's, it's he has a production company Steph Curry. Does. Yes. Yes. That is that is funding um, this. Yes. Uh yes, unanimous media and then Story Kitchen. So uh, yeah, Toe Jam and Earl has been around for 31 years now. Um, Jesus. Yeah, if you can believe it. Uh, I, feel, I, I feel older realizing that Steph Curry's been around for like 14 years than I do about Toe Jam and Earl <laughs> being around for 31 years. Uh, yeah. 
Uh, synopsis for the project. Uh, Earth, their legends tell them, is the paradise where the music that created their culture originated. Unfortunately for our heroes, not only do they wreck their ship, but they find that Earth is, well, not quite the haven they expected. But the music, that part was true. So begins their quest to find out, find as much of that music as they can in the hope of saving their planet and maybe ours as well. So I do like the fact that this is focusing primarily on, like, the music of toe jam Mm because like ultimately like the original toe jam and earl game is a sort of roguelike ish cooperative non-combat roguelike where you just like walk around and collect spaceship parts and you listen to a fucking banger of a soundtrack um so i mean i'm i'm a huge fan of the toe jam and earl soundtrack Uh, i have arranged stuff from that soundtrack for my band as well as for the orchestra um was Stuart copeland involved with the soundtrack for that game or was it less clear like i feel like one of the one of the oysterhead guys was involved with that oysterhead was a side a side project for Stuart Copeland, Les claypool and trey anastasio right no i yeah. <laughs> I, I, i'm aware okay. of that well i you're the only one because you and me are the only ones listening to this podcast that are probably aware of what oysterhead is so that's fair um, <laughs> yeah i mean it's uh most of the original stuff was composed by john baker um oh you know what i'm i'm conflating this with spyro Stuart copeland did the spyro mm-hmm. soundtrack you so. you are conflating this with spyro yes, yes. um but, you know, John Baker managed to capture a lot of that, like, late 80s, early 90s, New Jack Swing style of music on a Genesis sound cart, um, which is pretty remarkable in the grand scheme of things. Um, a lot of bangers on those early couple Genesis games, as far as I'm concerned. So, I mean, I, look, if they're going to do an animated Toji and Earl movie, I am 100% going to be there. Um, it makes me wonder if this is going to be set in the 90s or if this is going to be like modern day mm-hmm. and like it just took that long for the music of the 90s to get to Funkatron and influence this culture or something like that. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm curious. I feel like there's a lot of a lot of fun things you could do with a Toe Jam and Earl film. I mean, I don't think Toe Jam and Earl is a property that is inherently going to put butts in seats in the same way that fucking like Sonic or Pokemon will. Um, I don't know. This would be, a, I don't know. This would be a theatrical release. Oh, I mean, say, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, it's not, it's not going to have the same level of draw as, as other video game adaptations, but I like the idea behind it. Of course I am inherently biased because I really like Tojim and Girl. <laughs> so um, I don't know. I just, it's, it's not, something i would have ever expected to happen that in 2022 we're getting an announcement that they're working on a toe jam and earl film like cool like i'm in i hope it's good um i would love to see who they have working on the soundtrack as well um i because they they had a they had a, a bass guy uh cody wright work on updated mixes of all the classic tunes as well as some new stuff for toe jam and earl back in the groove which was the game that they kickstarted a few years back Mm -hmm. that went back to the style of the very first genesis game um and i really like that soundtrack a lot um those sort of updated very bass heavy takes on a lot of those older genesis tracks uh, i thought was really well done so it makes me wonder if they're going to go with him and have him continue to to work on that music or if they're going to completely rearrange it for the film but 
regardless, I will be there to watch it. So very cool. Well, for all of your toe jam and Earl needs, go to densepixels.com slash Amazon. Um, when you go Is to there Dense- toe jam and Earl? Oh, there's Amazon's got everything. Uh, uh, there's a, there's a toe jam and Earl back in the groove switch limited run for $74 and 67 cents. Yeah. All that limited run games shit is stupid as hell. Uh, Royal Retro Toe Jam and Earl USA Label Flash Kit MD Electroless Gold PCB Card for Sega Genesis Mega Drive. Um, there here seems you go. legit. <laughs> here you go. Uh, a Toe Jam and Earl 1991 uh, Retro Gamers Tank Top for twenty two ninety nine. You can get yourself uh, a, a tank top with Toe Jam and earl uh toe jam and earl i never got into uh probably because i didn't have a genesis yeah we were both super nintendo kids so yeah so we missed out this is uh this this is this is what you guys are his name wuzzle wuzzle <laughs> i'm just trying to get i'm just trying to get as many simpsons references i think we're up to three now uh, that, was, that was a little now look admitted that was a little ham-fisted a little ham-fisted, little ham-fisted, ham-fisted i gotta say but uh but uh look i i gotta get my i gotta i've been off for two three weeks i gotta get my group back uh but yeah go to densepixels.com slash amazon before we get to the post office um i have bad news for you guys uh the reason that days gone was not a success was because of us it's our fault it's not launched so yeah, Days Gone came out back in what 2017, I want to say 2018, oh, somewhere around the You were all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So was it that long ago? It, it's it's been a couple years. It's been a couple 2019. Sorry, 2019. Okay. It's been a couple years. Um, if you guys remember the reaction around the game when it first came out, the game did not set the world on fire. It got better. Uh, like like the consensus around the game is that it's, you know, perfectly mid in terms of like Sony's uh first party catalog. Like it's fine. It, you know, it's a decent game. Uh, but it didn't set the world on fire. It's certainly no Ghost of Tsushima or anything of that of that sort. Um, and the former director of the game and writer, John Garvin, uh, pinpoints why. There's three big reasons, guys. Uh, the first issue is that it had tech issues uh, like bugs, streaming, and frame rate. I'm quoting from him, by the way. Uh, mm-hmm. Two, it had reviewers who couldn't be bothered to actually play the game. That's why it got such, uh, such terrible scores. And number three, probably most important of all, it had woke reviewers who couldn't handle a gruff white biker looking at his date's ass. What? That's that's why, Micah, because because the reviewers reviewing the game were just too woke. Just too woke. Well, first of all, is, is that something that happens in the game? Like the guy is like, nice ass, baby. During He's this, got a like, great ass since we're going to see that Al Pacino. <laughs> Like, I can't. I can't happened? do that line read justice. By the way, it's yeah, a, it's, it's a banger. There's an early flashback sequence in which Deacon and his date explore Oregon, walking a trail, taking in the sights. His date stops to show him what he's looking for and bends over. Deacon steps back and says, "Yep, found it." And the camera pulls back to show him ogling her. I mean, I, I get know. where he's coming from because as soon as I saw that scene, I was like, "Well, that that's it for this game," and I ejected it in the six out of ten right on the yep, pile. That's exactly <laughs> it. I mean, of course, people were. 
people were pretty quick to point out that saying uh, claiming the pro tag of Days Gone was just too much of a badass for all these woke reviewers is very silly. We're told Deacon is a gruff badass biker, but in actuality, he is dull, docile, and does whatever he's told by those in authority, and his agency is limited to whining to himself. Um, <laughs> here, here's, also, here's- I mean, at large, like the game itself is just fucking mid across the board, and you know, not really not really taking into account the fact that like uh, people were really sort of burnt out on this particular style of, of gameplay and setting to begin I'd, with. So I'd like to read another quote from video maker, Chris Franklin. Uh, and he said, quote, what's wild to me is that I don't think anyone actually hated days gone. The consensus yeah. was that it was perfectly fine. Cromulent does what it says on the tin at a time full of the brim with open world games and zombie games. It certainly was one of them. So it's weird to be aggrieved by critics who neither eviscerated your title, but didn't sing its praises with sufficient jubilance. And I really only read that quote because now we have four Simpsons references that we have read on the show today. <laughs> <laughs> I know Terrence played this game. Yeah. And he said he, he's, he enjoyed it. Yeah, he said it was fine. Plenty of people <laughs> bought it and said it was fine. It's a perfectly okay 7 out of 10 gaming experience. Not every game has to be 10 out of 10. And I'm not sure why this guy thinks that Days Gone of all games should have been a te- reviewed at a 10 out of 10 outstanding game of the year when clearly by all measurable uh, aspects of what a video game is, it isn't that. It is not a remarkable, outstanding video game experience. It is an okay open world zombie game amid a glut of other okay open world zombie games. And to put a coda on this story, uh, John Garvin, no longer with Ben Studios, is now working on games that have to do with NFTs. So of that's, course. that's just the perfect uh, the and perfect then an cherry. extra little cherry on top, <laughs> on top of that <laughs> is the fact that Ben Studio, where he, you know, the writer no longer is, basically said, yeah, we're aware of the comments made by our previous creative director. We don't share his sentiment, his... The rest of the team doesn't think this. We're proud of the work we accomplished on Days Gone. We're thankful to everyone who worked on it. Moving on. Yeah. Like so the, the most work. professional PR way to say, uh nah, fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> quite quite look, th- there are video games that have fucking in them. So nobody has a problem with the the dude looking at a girl's ass, right? Like it just uh, I don't know, man. There was a big kerfuffle about uh, an ass shot in Mass Effect Two. Mm-hmm. Game review got game got pretty good reviews. Yeah, yeah. I think it's because yeah. the game was good. The and, game and, was, you know. I, mm, all right. And guess what? They took yeah. that gratuitous ass shot out of the the legendary edition, and uh, a bunch of fucking incels on the internet cared, but pretty much nobody else did because it really doesn't doesn't matter at the end of the day. Doesn't fucking matter. Doesn't matter because it doesn't fucking matter. So. Uh, we have a lot of questions in the post office because they've been uh, stored up for the past two weeks. We'll start with Daniel. How toasted do you toast your toast? Like a nice golden brown. I'm at a four um, out of six on the toaster. That's a v- four out of six. Yeah, I like I like a little I like a little dark brown. A little dark I brown. I don't like any. Just that. Uh, no darker than that. <laughs> <laughs> that's like that's like a four out of six that's that that's a four on the toaster there you go that's a four like a smidge a smidge 
like in between medium and medium high if you if you don't have a numerical uh toaster at home yeah so there you go uh johnny asks any thoughts on the panda global slash smash fiasco yeah we didn't touch on this story because frankly i feel ill-equipped to talk about it um, i don't think any of us are particularly well i'll give i'll give you the 30 second pitch so apparently smash world tour was a melee organization um nintendo reportedly asked them to stop holding official events after this year the smash world tour people said that they actually said oh no also you need to cancel this year's event which is happening in a couple of weeks and then apparently Related to that, but not related is the Panda Global CEO who runs an official Smash Brothers tournament was like talking shit to vendors saying, oh, no, that Nintendo's canceling the show and their CEO had to step down. It's very sticky and messy. Um, the Smash community continues to just be a dumpster fire. Um, and yeah, sad for those folks, though, if they don't if they didn't get their tournament. So. Kesara, Sarah. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't care for Smash. Uh, Ricky has lots of World Cup. So, so again, the the World Cup um, results in the knockout rounds have been insane. Um, we are down to the final four. Uh, the final four, you have on one side Argentina and Croatia. Croatia beating Brazil on penalties to get to this last game. And Argentina almost lost to the Netherlands, uh, who beat the USA in the beginning of the knockout round. And on the other side of the bracket, you have France, now considered the tournament favorite, who beat England uh, against Morocco of all clubs. Morocco has done a Cinderella run uh, to the semifinal of the world cup, which is crazy, which is crazy. Cause Morocco, I think, I think it's the first time an African nation has ever qualified, made it all the way to the semifinal in the world. That's cup. what I heard. Yeah. So that's, that, that, that's bonkers. They won their group. Morocco is definitely the Cinderella team uh, to get behind. If you don't have a rooting interest in any of the other three teams that are, that are existing behind them because it'll be very fun to see them in Argentina uh, match up in a final because the Moroccan team is actually quite, uh, quite entertaining. They, they, they play with a, uh, with a devil may care style of play. So even the neutral can dig it, but the, the football has been shit. Like, like, like the fucking, the actual games for the most part have been pretty crap um, in this tournament. I think that's a byproduct of putting it in the middle of the season, which is also pro- probably why we're getting the crazy results because all the top teams have players who've been playing a lot of minutes for their clubs throughout the season. And now you have this mid season tournament that and these guys are just fucking gassed. Like, I think that's all there is to it. I think that the, a lot of the top players and the top teams are tired and it's allowing some of these other, uh, some of these other nations to kind of squeak through where you might not, uh, where you might not see them do so well. So, that is my World Cup review uh, so far. There you go. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Anthony says, was expecting a Silk Song release date and instead got Hades 2. Uh, what was your favorite announcement at the Game Awards? Um, I, I I mean, for me, it was probably Hades 2, despite my mild ambivalence towards it. Um, I mean, it's not an announcement because, like, it wasn't like a new game announced, but like that new final fantasy trailer fucking that was, that was good as shit. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, the games that are coming out in June, those, those <laughs> yes, the, the month of June was my favorite announcement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll see. T watch says, is it impossible or would it just be too expensive to make your choice uh, to make a your choices matter game where you can do anything and get many different outcomes. 
I don't think it's impossible given contemporary technology, um, but I do think it would be very expensive because that's that much more writing that you have mm-hmm. to do and that much more, you know, presumably testing and whatnot. It's just, it's, it's very difficult. I mean, even, even in games that have like numerous different endings and whatnot, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I think of stuff like the Zero Escape series that have like dozens of different endings where like really, you know, your choices matter on every single playthrough. Um, you know, those are still sort of like limited into the realm of like visual novel and whatnot, which is, mm-hmm. I think, you know, the, the games that do have, you know, true sort of like your choices matter and this is going to impact how the rest of the game plays out. You typically see that most often in visual novels and, you know, styles of games that are somewhat limited in terms of their overall scope as far as like setting and amount of characters and where you can go and what you can do. Um, if if you're referring to like an open world game where every single choice that you make matters and has an impact on the ending, then yes, that would be probably prohibitively expensive to make right yeah. now. Yeah, typically you get two, like there's two types of games you see now. So you see ones that have like, the the parabola effect where like it like or like an inverse parabola like where like you start at the beginning and then your choices balloon outward as you go through the game but then they all have to filter they have to funnel down towards like a pretty narrow ending because it's hard to account for all of those narrative variables in a lot of games um and then you have like your your uh your uh quantic dream games that have like a ton of branching paths but the stories themselves really aren't that good like, 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 because they're so kind of banal to uh, fucking sucks, man. Yeah, like, 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 they're so banal to allow for all these variables that you like, you don't get anything that's really crazy in there. And, and to Carrie's point, like, especially if it's an open world game, it's very difficult. Um, I don't think it's for lack of trying from, from game developers. Um, and the thing that makes it frustrating is that there is a space in gaming that this does exist, but it's in the analog space because essentially a tabletop RPG is the do anything and your choices matter because literally how the game progresses um, is in large part to the choices that the players make as they go through and how the dungeon master reacts to that. Yeah, so, just play, just yeah. play D and D, man. Like, yeah, if, I mean, if you can find a group, that's that's the tough part about D and D is that it's not always easy to find a group that you wanna that you wanna do that with. So, yeah. Um, Trey asked with the release of the upcoming super mario brothers movie one would believe that a movie score for that is also coming is it possible that now nintendo will finally make the various soundtracks available for purchase or streaming or are they going to stick with being luddites and keep it in a vault so i do want to touch on this because they did show a new trailer for the mario brothers film at the game awards and notably it does have updated arrangements of classic Mario Brothers music present, which is great because that's something that the Sonic films has, have unfortunately sort of lacked across the board. Mm-hmm. Part of the reason why the Sonic films don't really have a lot of the old classic Genesis era tunes present is because the composer for that game has retained the rights and has sort of refused to do anything with them, um, which is why when Data Discs put out the vinyl soundtrack for Sonic Mania a couple years ago. 
Um, it had all of the new tunes that were written for the game on it, but didn't have like the updated mixes of stuff like Chemical Plant or any of that stuff because the original composer still sort of like has some degree of rights over it and is apparently impossible to negotiate with. So I have to imagine that with a lot of these old classic Nintendo soundtracks that a significant part of the reason as to why some of this stuff isn't available on streaming and whatnot is just sort of due to how creator rights are are different in Japan than they are in America. So while I'm sure we will get, you know, the sort of updated Koji Kondo stuff for um, the Super Mario Brothers film and have some sort of degree of soundtrack release for the film, um, I, I don't think it's going to have any bearing on whether or not Nintendo is able or, or chooses to um, put out, the other various video game soundtracks in any official capacity. I'll leave it at that. Um, so, you know, it, it is what it is um, when it comes to video game soundtracks. The rights holders are very different than how it works in other industries, um, particularly some of these older stuff where the contracts were very different back in the 80s and 90s than what they are today. So mm-hmm. just something to keep in mind when you're sitting around wondering, like, you why the fuck aren't? Like, <laughs> why, why, why can't I listen to these soundtracks and whatnot? Like, I don't think it's necessarily Nintendo holding out on people for the sake of it. Um, I, I have to imagine that there's some degree of um, just not being able to sort of do anything with it due to how the laws work and how creators' rights work in Japan. So well, there you go. I could not give a more uh, a more impressive answer than that. So, <laughs> so we'll move on to another question from Johnny. Um, I'll see if I can do this. How drunk was I, I'm terrible? That's terrible. I'm not even gonna try. <laughs> How drunk was Al Pacino at the Game Awards? Hoo-ah! Hoo-ah! <laughs> uh, he I was certainly I, not sober. I, I think him. I think him drinking was the problem. This <laughs> <laughs> is like this is part of your twelve step. He's you an know. old. He's he's an old man. Let him let him have his fun. 80, 82 I, years young, Al Pacino. I could when he walked out there. I could not believe it. <laughs> and then he started talking. It's just like, no. Nah, has has that it. has that overtaken Keanu Reeves as the most surprising person to show up at a video game event on a stage at this point? Given that he doesn't even have any connections to having been in a video game, I would say yes. <laughs> like at least yeah. Keanu showed up for the sake of promoting Cyberpunk, which he was in. Yes. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> what was Al Pacino doing? Like, I, <laughs> I, I how does what, where, did, where did Jeff Keeley even get the idea to ask Al Pacino to come present an award at the Game Awards? I'm telling you, yo, he lost a bet. Albert, look, look, uh, <laughs> fucking Jeff Keeley knows a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy, and um, <laughs> and then and that guy was like, hey, if if I can be a face in the next Kojima game. I can get Al Pacino in in for your game awards, and he was like, "All right, let's do it." Bet that's just, that's 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 just crazy to me. Um, <laughs> that, that that was my first thought. I was like, "What? Like, how did Jeff? What did you like? I didn't even think to ask to be like, yeah, like Al Pacino. Hey, Al Pacino, it's me, Jeff Keeley. Like, who are you again? <laughs> who are you again? I can't, you know, again, I can't do a good Al Pacino voice. It's unfortunate. Uh, and we'll we'll wrap it up with Daniel. We uh, we've 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 come full circle." Uh, since it's not fair to literally every other game, what should the runner-up game of the year be? Uh, I cannot answer this question because we're probably going to be talking about our games of the year in the next couple of weeks, and that might give it away. Yeah, we'll hold mm. off. 
So you're going to have to wait in, in suspense as we figure out uh, what will be the consensus Dense Pixels uh, game of the year. Because I have a feeling that this year we are going to have three wildly different choices. I know because I'm pretty sure the game that might win it for me, you two haven't even played. So, <laughs> so oh. we'll see hmm. if uh, what, what happens there uh, with that. Um, but that is it for the show this week. Thank you guys very much for submitting your post office questions, which you too can do by going to densepixels.com slash fans and joining our discord. If you haven't yet, you can also subscribe to the show wherever you download fine podcasts. You can go to youtube.com slash densepixels, subscribe there, ring the bell icon, uh, hit the like button when you watch the episodes on there as well. You can go to twitch.tv slash densepixels to follow the channel there. You can also follow our individual channels, Carrie sub it's Carrie. I am Dense Pixels Brad. Terrence is Apparition 410. Carrie, do you have any other music-related things to plug? Actually, well, so y- yes and no. Like, I, Orchestra's done for the year. We had two really great shows. Um, we'll be streaming them on the Baltimore GSO Twitch channel um, this Friday and then again on Sunday. I'm sure I will remember to post the link in the Dense Pixels Discord. Um, so if you didn't make it to either of the shows, you can still watch the recording of it. Um, we sounded really good. Really happy with how the show went. Um, so other than that, uh, quick save will be at MAGFest, not in an official capacity. You can catch us playing in a hallway, probably 1am on Thursday night. So, all right. Yeah. Uh, I think we have one, I think we'll have one more episode before, before the end of the year, before we take our break, we'll do, we'll do one early next week and then we'll, and then we'll see in the new year. So, uh, so look forward to that. Um, that's it for us. Thank you guys very much for watching and listening. We'll see you all the next time. See ya. See ya.